Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Good day and welcome to today's episode of the Encore podcast. I am extremely excited today to be bringing to you a special guest who is my friend and a mentor and someone I absolutely admire for her unapologetic passions that she will share with us all. She's coming to us today from Ottawa, Ontario, actually, and we were supposed to be in person and have a lovely lunch and afternoon together, but in true Canadian fashion, she is not able to travel to be with me today, and this would have been the second time we postponed, and we didn't want to go ahead and do that because we are so excited about this conversation, and we were both talking just before we hit record about not knowing where this is going to go, so we're kind of curious, right with you all, the listeners, and with that, I will introduce and welcome to the podcast today, Lori Harrell. And Lori is a midlife awakening coach. So welcome, Lori. Good morning, Sherry. The first time I heard that title, I said, ooh, uh, what is that? <laughs> I want to be midlife awakened. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, as I've shared, I've had my awakening moments and I'm pretty awake. <laughs> However... I think that is just such an intriguing title and probably intentionally because you're a very smart lady. It does invoke <laughs> curiosity of people to say, well, what is that? And what could that mean for me? So maybe in a really quick snippet, you can give us a teaser because we're going to take a deeper dive into it later. But Lori, what is a midlife awakening coach? I started out with midlife transformation coach and what ended up happening was there was a lot of people that were coming to me for exercise, diet, that kind of thing. And some of them had known me from a previous career where I was a personal trainer. So that was sort of how it morphed that way. But then as I got more into coaching midlife women, I realized that they really needed to wake up to themselves and to who they were and who they could become and who they weren't. And so I changed the title to Midlife Awakening because, again, it's wake up to yourself, but also were they getting a wake up call? Was something happening in their life that was awakening to something bigger, something more fierce, something I don't even know, maybe some of the descriptive words that I might be missing right now. But it was really it was really just about them like having this awakening. So that's why the name kind of came to be. You are absolutely brilliant. Oh, so before we unpack what that all means today, if you will, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So who is Lori? Where were you born and raised? What was your upbringing like? Some highlights or lowlights that you're willing to share? Your early 20s, 30s, marital life, whatever you'd yeah. like to share that will give us some context as to what your journey has looked like. In a nutshell, I kind of describe myself as a creative being. So that has always been part of my being. I grew up in southwestern Ontario in a little town named Godridge. And I grew up in a family of two older brothers and a mom and dad, a very Christian home. 
and was a churchgoer from a very young age. I was the baby of the family and very gregarious and outspoken and <laughs> always told that I was a little bit too much. And I have grown into that title very well, a little bit too much. And I'm very proud to actually be a little bit too much because I tell people I'm whiskey in a teacup. So I can be that gentil little, you know, woman, but I also came from a very proud Dutch family. My dad was an immigrant from the Netherlands. And so I'm not a petite little person. So I'm not like a teacup at all, but I am a little bit more like whiskey in a teacup. So I'm big, I'm bold, I'm a little bit brash sometimes. I have low lights or highlights. I guess being the baby, I was always treated like the baby. So I was always running after something and I continue to run after things. Low lights, I don't really have a lot of low lights from my early childhood. But I came to Ottawa to go to school to become a criminologist, of all things, because I was really interested in sociology and criminology and met my quote unquote prince, <laughs> got my MRS degree instead. And so I married my university sweetheart and we had our children young, which was a very definitive. We made the decision that we were going to have our children young so that we would be young parents with our children being older and we would be younger and be younger grandparents, which we are now as well. So that was a definite choice that we made. So my 20s were basically having babies and I have two daughters, 33 and 30. They're both married and we have one granddaughter already and another one on the way. Congratulations. Yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Okay. And what did you do? I know you touched on a couple of things that you know you were a fitness instructor previously. What kind of career things did you have outside of the home? Because I know that raising a household is just enough, but I know you did some other things. Yes. I liken myself to a Renaissance woman. I really love that title. And that being said, that kind of means that I guess in a way I'm kind of tooting my own horn, but I'm actually really good at a lot of different things. I was raised in a family that did a lot of things on their own. We didn't hire people to do certain things. My dad was a really good carpenter. He was a really good mechanic. He was really good at, you know, fixing things and building things. And my mom was really creative. So I learned how to sew and paint. And my grandfather was a professional painter. And so I have a lot of stuff that I learned very young that I have done over the course of my life. So so I have a fashion design diploma. And so when my kids were little, I actually started a kid's clothing business. And then I've always liked to decorate and paint and do those kinds of things. And back in the 90s, when murals and faux finishes were really in vogue, I started a business doing that. And then we moved to the States for a little while, my husband and my two children and I. So I did that down there. I decorated our entire house down there. And people down there would ask me like, who did you hire to do this? And I was like, when I did it myself right. and they'd be like, really, can you come and do my baby's room or can you come and do my kid's room or can you come do my basement? And so I did that down there for four years. And when I came back home to Canada, I continued to do that and ended up with a repetitive stress injury in my shoulder and oh, no. sort of stopped that. Then I had a couple of younger friends who wanted me to plan their weddings because I had been doing some event planning through my church. And they're like, can you do my wedding? I'm like, sure. So I started planning weddings and then became a certified wedding planner, became an event planner at a golf course and did that for nine years. During the course of that, I had what I would say is a pivotal moment in my life. And I know we're probably going to talk about that in a little bit, but I had a pivotal moment in my life that made me kind of get out of that. And I had a bit of a come to Jesus, if you will, moment with myself and said, there's more to life than just this. Like there's more to 
life than just brides and weddings. And so you need to do something different. So I did do a pivot. In 2010, my mom went through another bout of colon cancer and passed away. I have struggled with my weight and my body dysmorphia and my self-image my whole life. My dad, as I mentioned before, was a big, tall Dutch guy. I have big, tall Dutch genes. <laughs> dad was 6'2", and my mom was four foot eleven. and my mom always struggled with her weight. So I learned from a very young age that even though I was big and Dutch, I could struggle with my weight as well because my mom did it. And so I learned by learning and seeing what she was doing with dieting and, you know, everything from every diet on the planet. Anyways, so when my mom died of colon cancer, I was like, there was something to that. There was something to the dieting. There was something to the relationship with food and everything else. And I just really wanted to get healthy. So I hired a personal trainer, joined a gym, and I'd never been in a gym before in my life and was terrified of equipment and everything else and just dug right into it. Ran a super Spartan race in 2013 and was really in the best shape of my life. And I thought that was going to be it. <laughs> but it wasn't it because I continue to struggle to this day with my weight and my body dysmorphia and everything else. But that being said, the pivotal point for me was I became a certified personal trainer and I started training midlife women. I wanted to train women that were just like me and I wanted to help them with their health because I knew that part of my mom's disease was brought on by her life choices. I really wanted to help midlife women get out of that cycle. So I did the personal training thing for, I don't know, three or four years. But what was happening is I was finding that a lot of my clients didn't only need physical help. They needed mind, body, and spirit help. And so I started transitioning out of personal training and into life coaching. And that's how I ended up where I am today okay. with coaching women. And in the midst of all of that, after my mom passed away, I actually wrote a course called The Wholeness Connection. And The Wholeness Connection is actually a course that women can go through and it really brings them into alignment in mind, body and spirit in a very holistic way, but also in a very God-centered way. Because as a practicing Christian, I didn't want it to quote unquote be woo-woo. That's what I call it for the new age stuff. I really believed that, you know, God has a plan for us and he really wants our bodies to be temples and he really wants us to be healthy and he really wants us to have all three of our mind, body and spirit in alignment with who we are and who he says we are. So that's kind of where that all came to fruition. And may I ask around what age was that? What age did I write the whole connection? Oh, the pivot. So that was 2010. So I would have been, how old would I have been? I don't know, 45. Okay. So right around that time when we expect, I think that we all take a moment as we're approaching the midpoint of our lives, I call it 50, but if you live to 90, it's 45 and say, what am I doing? And what is my purpose? And what is my calling? And how do I want to live the second half? unapologetically for me because yes. you only have one more second half. If that makes yes. sense. <laughs> yeah, I call it the middle act. You right. know, it really is the middle act because we have the first act. My husband says it's our fifth act and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't call it a fifth act because that means I have to describe the four before that. Right. So I call it the middle act because it really is midlife. And like you said, if you live to 90, 45 is it. My right. grandmother right. on my mom's side lived to 103. Like, where am I going to, I don't know. We don't know our end date, right? But do we want to just be that sitting on the porch rock 
rocking chair grandma or do we want to be alive and awakened, empowered and all of those wonderful catchphrases that we see out there? I have absolutely no plans as I have shared to retire or slow down. I will be running around in my red high heels as long as I can. And you me both sister. Living my best <laughs> life. I will plan in the future to turn my career aspirations up and down a little bit as the seasons of my life change. Yes. But I always still plan to have a hand in the game. And I think it keeps us bright. It keeps us alert, engaged. The social aspects are also healthy. But I yeah. do like the fact that the way we're living our lives now is we're giving ourselves options. And so, you know, we can have as much or as little and make no apologies and don't owe anything to anyone. It's right. Exactly right. Yeah. I really love my catchphrase for my business and actually for my life. And I actually have it tattooed on my arm is there is freedom in becoming. And that is my catchphrase. It's kind of my mantra for my life now. And I did this not right after my mom passed, but close to it. And I just felt like one of my values is freedom. And that means freedom for being who I am, for having freedom in my life, for having freedom and space in my life. And the freedom in becoming is becoming who God created me to be. If we're stagnant, then that's when we feel anxiety and stress and depression and everything else. We don't need that in our life and becoming who we're meant to be, whether you believe in God or not, becoming who you're meant to be is really your main purpose on the planet. As you know, I'm a Christian as well. And I continue to hear a lot of, you know how I think you're supposed to hear a message because you keep hearing the message. Yes. Yes. God is speaking to you. (laughs) And I love the image of getting to heaven and God saying, well done. Yeah. And I want to know that I'm going to get a a girl when I get there. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But I also heard it said that, you know, there is this image of who you were meant to be and what you were supposed to do during your time here. And then there is the unfulfilled version of that person. And you don't want to get there and God say, look who you could have been. Look who I made you to be. And all those ideas and all those paths I opened and all those gifts I gave you were left unfulfilled and unexplored. And that's a life that, you know, didn't come to full fruition. And I, you yeah. know, you want that. And I'm, you know, all kidding aside, I'm definitely an a girl kind of person. So I wanted from the very last a girl when I get there was, you know, good job, my daughter, you did and fulfilled and gave and will, you know, reap as a result of it. So yeah, you want to exactly. make sure that you mattered and you had purpose in your time. Here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I think if we want to go down that Christian road and maybe we don't, but just off the top of my head, you know, I think a lot of women look at the Bible and they look at that Proverbs 31 woman who is, you know, adorning herself and working in the fields and sewing clothing. And they feel like they got to measure up to that woman that's in the Proverbs 31 verse. And I don't think that's what God was intending when he had that put in the Bible. I mean, he makes us who we are right from the very get go. And I think we have to be aware of the opportunities that he puts in our place, in our path, in our lives. And we don't miss them, right? Like when you're talking about getting there and getting the Atta girl, it's because you were aware of the opportunities that he put in your path and you took full advantage of them right. for your own self, for other people and for God's glory. That's how I live my life. 
I would like to say, I guess, a little bit of a disclaimer. I am respectful of all faiths and all beliefs. And so for anyone listening to this, for Lori and I, 100%, we are Christians. It is God. If you need to insert and replace Mother Earth or the universe or whatever God you believe in, please feel free to do so. Yes. (laughs) And I 100% echo what Sherry is saying as well. We're talking as two sisters here and friends, and that's what we believe. But 100%, if that's not your thing, then yeah please listen listen but don't (laughs) listen but don't I don't know what the word is I'm trying to put out there but yes that's okay I always say what I believe in is whatever gives you peace and so I mean now we're down a rabbit hole but I'm going to go there if that's okay I had a friend that I used to spend some time with and the grandfather of the family passed away and I said to her oh like was it difficult telling your children that grandpa's gone to heaven and her response to me was why would I lie to them And I was shocked and didn't know what to say. Wow. (laughs) And I said, I'm sorry, like, what did you tell them? Like, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm curious then. And so what she said to me is, well, when you're dead, you're dead. And there is nothing after. So why do I want to fill my kids' heads full of fairy tales? And I said, I absolutely respect your right to believe what you believe. However, I have to believe for my own soul that there's something more and something after because it gives me peace to sleep at night because otherwise it's too terrifying. And there is a lot of why then questions. And so what I said to her is like, what gives you peace? Like, I don't know. And what faith do you have? And she said, I don't. It's all a fairy tale. We're here once. I have questions about all of it. I'm going to be completely honest. As do I. I don't have all the answers. I don't understand it all. But I choose to believe. Yes. And I guess that's the definition of faith. And you were talking about your arm tattoo. Mine says faith. Yes. (laughs) I have to remind myself on a regular basis that you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know your path or your journey, but you have to have faith that something good is coming ahead of you because I do believe that whatever you put out to the universe is what you're going to get in return. And we can also see a very specific demarcation point in our life when we started to, to change. Yes. My story, I think I've told it before, is, you know, I cried under a tree and prayed to God for a change in my professional life. And four months later, it happened. Yes. So there's. Yeah. So that's a good thing for your listeners. Be careful what you pray for. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, yeah, we did go quite down that rabbit hole. However, we didn't know what we were going to talk about. And I wanted this to be honest, genuine conversation. So I hope people appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Tell us about then what you're doing now and how you're serving your community and your clients and the women our age. So I made the pivot into life coaching pretty much right before the pandemic started or thereabouts. And so what ended up happening is I ended up being more of an online person in terms of marketing myself and marketing my business. And so I ended up having a client in the Philippines. I have a client in the UK. I have a couple of clients in the US. I have clients in Canada as well. And I did start out doing one-on-one coaching and then I did a group coaching thing, a package for, I think it was six women that came into that original package. And 
my coaching is one-on-one -on -one and it's very client-led. So it is whatever the midlife woman wants in her life. So if it's an identity thing, and often they'll come to me thinking it's one thing that they need. And I read between the lines and realize that it's something else. And so I will sort of travel with them and journey with them and bring them into where I think they really need to be. Because a lot of times they're not super self-aware of what's actually happening in their life because they're living the life, right? They're right in the midst of it. They don't see some of the boundaries that they don't have, or they don't see some of the childhood stuff that has come up or whatever. They don't recognize where they're coming from. So I do a lot of digging. So I ask a lot of questions. I do a lot of listening. And as I said, I don't really have a specific program that I take them down. If they come to me and they need weight loss, diet stuff, then we talk about that. And if they have career stuff, we talk about that. I mean, as you heard earlier, I have quite a bit of career, extensive research and knowledge because I've done so many different things and I've pretty much been self-employed my entire life. So yeah, it is really client-led. We talk a lot about hormones. I've done a lot of research and reading about women's hormones and women's just health in general. And so I can go down that rabbit hole with them as well. And like I said, they often come to me thinking, well, it's this thing that I need help with. And it turns out that it's something completely different. And that's part of the magic and part of the joy of it for me is to really let women understand themselves and really see who they really are. Because I think a lot of women don't have a champion in their life. They don't have somebody who is going to see them for exactly how amazing they are. And even if they do have champions in their life that are cheering them on, they aren't often told those things. And so when I tell women that, whether it's on a computer screen or whether it's in person, I often get tears because they've never had anybody really tell them those things. So important. Do you have, you know, a goalpost or do you have something you're trying to accomplish in terms of the message that you're sharing or is it just this is your gift and you'll share it as wide and with as many as want to hear it probably the latter i am goal oriented and always have been very goal oriented although i will say when i hit 55 which will be three years in june because i'll be 58 this year when i hit 55 i kind of was like Lori, why are you you know not that i don't think we shouldn't stretch for goals or anything like that but I was just kind of like, where does that fit in with the freedom part of your life? Like, where are the goals and the freedom? Like, are they at odds with each other? And so I have ideas, I have intentions, I have, I guess, goals, but I'm not to the point now in my life where I'm like, I've got to strive for that goal. Like, it's not what drives me. What drives me now is helping as many women as I possibly can and seeing the fruition of them becoming who they're created to be. That's what drives me. Okay. So what do you look like in the future? If you're to look 10, 20 years out for Lori, what do you dream of as you get further into your encore season? I'm laughing hysterically inside myself right now because the person that came to mind is I look like Charlize Theron. Of course I do, Char Sherry. <laughs> like tall, blonde and beautiful and thin. Oh, listen, I'm trying to look like Juliana Huff. So <laughs> on top of it, we have to minus 30 or 40 years of this. Right, <laughs> exactly. But in all seriousness, though, I think for me to answer your question, like who is Lori in the future? My granddaughter calls me Mima. So I will be Mima to at least two grandchildren. I will have flexibility and freedom in my schedule to be that with her and do the fun things that we do with her. 
I will continue to be a creative being. I have another entrepreneurial endeavor in my future for that. Coaching may be part of that. I will continue to help as many midlife women as come my way. I will continue to reach out to midlife women and serve them as much as I possibly can. I believe that's where God has called me to be just because I have way more of my story than we have time to share here. So yeah, 2023 is my year to get healthy again. Hopefully this will be the one and final time that I will do that. And that is my goal for this year for myself personally. And yeah, and probably like you, I'm not sure what your situation is with elderly parents or whatever, but we've got some elders in our lives that we have to take care of now this year. And so that's probably going to be part of my future as well. Again, we're in the same place. Essentially, I think they call it the sandwich generation. Yes, you know, exactly. Finishing up, raising your now adult children, and now you got to turn your attention to your parents. Yes. My father's passed on. My mother is still alive, vibrant, and amazing. However, Wonderful. we always have a very close eye on her, and we you know, have to make sure she is well cared for and well watched over and continues to thrive. So that's yeah. always mind as well for me. Mm -hmm. I love that you've declared your goal and that this is your year for health. Yes. Because we do have to speak it and we all have to speak it out loud, what we want and take it essentially, which is great. Yeah. And for me, the part about the health thing, and like I said earlier, like I've always struggled with my weight. I've always struggled with food and diet and exercise. I mean, God bless my mom. Like she always struggled with it as well. And so, like I said earlier, I did learn those habits from her. Breaking those habits has been a 47 year long process, right? Like I probably started my first diet when I was 10. It's just a matter of breaking some of those habits and it's kind of like the shoemaker's kids, right? Like I can coach the coaching off of other women and tell them what to do. And I mean, I have certification in diet and weight loss from my personal training certification. I can do it and I know what I'm supposed to do, but those habits run deep and it's a challenge. It's very much a challenge. And so when I get clients in my fear, I really do resonate with them. And yeah, there's a camaraderie. And I think that's what makes me personable and resonate with them because I understand where they're coming from. Anytime I've been in your presence, you have a really good gift of making people feel like they're the only person in the room. You really do. Like anytime I've been in your presence virtually or in person or on the phone, I can tell you're 100% focused on the person that you're with in that moment. And that in itself is a gift because in this world of distractions, people are always giving you half their attention or thinking about their next thought or looking at their phone and whatnot. I have never felt when I've been with you that you needed to be elsewhere or had even another thought other than what we were discussing. So that's a beautiful gift as well. Thank and you. I mean, any woman who works with you would be very fortunate because I know you are a guide and you'll guide people into their futures and the best paths for them. Because you have so much experience and exposure to women in this midlife period, if you could tell them all one thing, what would it be? I guess what first came to mind, and that's probably the thing that I should say is find out who you are and be authentically her. That's beautiful. I mean, finding out who you are, if you don't know, it makes it very hard to live your life because you're constantly chasing something or someone. And women, I think, are so unaware. We've gotten wrapped up in roles. We've gotten wrapped up in motherhood and career and sisterhood and all of those things that cause us to take our minds off of who we are. And I'm not saying be selfish. That's not what I'm saying at all. But self-awareness, I think, is 
Yeah, I don't think self-awareness is a huge priority for people these days. And one of the things that I talk about in the wholeness connection that I mentioned earlier is there's a difference between selfishness and self-awareness and God-awareness because the world wants us to be very, I am me and I have autonomy and I have all these other things. But again, going back to my Christian roots, God calls us to other things as well. So that's also part of the course. And anyways, I can talk about that forever too. So if people wanted to connect with you, how would they do that? They can reach out to me via my website, which is lauriharrell.ca. So that's L-O-R-I-H-U-R-R-E-L-L.ca. They can find me on Facebook. Again, Lori Harrell. There's lots of ways they can find me. Maybe I can give you some links or whatever that you can put in the podcast. We will have the producer put all that in the show notes. So that's beautiful. I really appreciate that. I really, really appreciated our conversation today and you sharing your story and your vision and your gifts with everyone. I love that you own and know who you are. I love that you have declared and have become a beautiful Mima. As I in the future, I will be a Daisy when grandchildren come into my life. And every day I am working very hard to become the very best, strongest version of her for when that comes. And I continue to ask our listeners to do the same reflection and ask themselves who they're doing it for. Mm -hmm. With that, I'd like to wrap it up. So thank you again, Lori. And I'm sure we will have you on again sometime soon, but have a lovely day. I love that. Thank you so much, Cher. I appreciate it. I hope all of your listeners really enjoyed our conversation. And yeah, I'd love to come back anytime and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. So have a great weekend yourself and I will talk to you soon.